You're listening to Man Meat Barbecue, the podcast, with your host, Mikey K. Our sponsors are Manbecue and Myron Mix and Smokers. If you don't know who Manbecue is, you better check it out. They're one of the coolest things in barbecue around. We do a meetup on the last Thursday of every single month. Let us take over your backyard. Let's see how much fun we can have. Looking for a new cooker? Look no further than the American-made Myron Mix and Smokers. Maybe you're a backyard enthusiast. Maybe you're a restaurant owner. Maybe you're looking to get into the catering game. They can accommodate it all. So make sure you go over to MyronMixAndSmokers.com and check out your next rig. And when you email them, tell them Mikey from Man Meat Barbecue sent you. So let's not waste any more time and let's get into this fucking podcast. What is up, guys? So we are hanging out with Patrick from KC Cattle Company. It is KC Cattle Company on Instagram. If you don't know who they are, guys, go over there, check them out, give them a follow, check out some of their meat. They they they, they breed some amazing American Wagyu cows. We're going to get into that later on in the podcast, and we're going to talk about all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and then it's kccattlecompany.com if you want to go straight to the website um, and give them an order. It makes life a little bit easier. But the Instagram will show you some of the beautiful products. Um, Patrick, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, hanging out with us. Um, if you can do me a favor, kind of introduce yourself. Give us a little bit about you. Sure. I appreciate you having me on, Mikey. And uh, I, I uh, am Patrick Montgomery. I'm the owner and founder of KC Cattle Company. We're based uh, about 45 minutes northwest of Kansas City in beautiful west of Missouri. Um the ranch is on about 297 acres, and we specialize in raising some fantastic American Wagyu beef. So, man, what made you want to raise Wagyu? Besides, like, if you know, a lot of people don't raise Wagyu. Some people want to want to raise just kind of prime and commodity style beefs. What made you say, you know what, we want to do Wagyu? Sure. So, you know, the the big thing for me was I, I wanted this to be a full time job, and it's just really tough to do that in America. Um, doing a cow calf operation or something like that. If, if you didn't come from a, a family that's already uh, steeped in agriculture, um, so you know, we, we, from the beginning, we wanted to sell into the consumer, and if we were going to do that, we wanted to bring a product to the market that was uh, different than the competition. And Wagyu is definitely that. Absolutely, man. And what made you guys want to go direct to consumer? Is it just that the profit margins are a little bit higher, makes your life a little bit easier? Is, was that yeah. kind of kind of the the idea? It definitely doesn't make your life easier. <laughs> it's it's a lot it's a lot of work, but the the thing is is um you know your margins are so tight when you're doing cow calf and and you know even even with what I'm doing your margins are still really tight. But you're uh you're you're definitely you have that capability to cut out a couple of the middlemen uh, versus when you go to the grocery store or something like that. There's a lot of people that have touched that beef prior to you having it. So oh, absolutely. Somebody, everyone's putting, you know, their little hand on it. And then unfortunately, I mean, everyone's getting paid. Exactly. Well, fortunately, not unfortunately, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't ever want anybody working for free. So don't, don't send me hate mail. Um, But it's just one of those things where, I mean, any, any time it gets touched, that dollar, dollar figure goes up and it's not, you know, it's not the highest quality link or it's not the highest quality product but it's you're you're starting to pay top higher dollars for stuff that isn't quite as great because so many people have touched it that's absolutely correct now with you guys going american wagyu and doing that kind of you know doing that what what would you say differences you guys from other uh wagyu wagyu dealers um, there's a, there's a couple things. Uh, one of them is, you know, kind of philanthropic. We, <laughs> we were a hundred percent veteran owned. And then, uh, we also employ a hundred percent veteran staff. Um, you know, get, when I got out of the military, it was kind of something, um, when I went down this path, I, I really fell in love with uh, my day to day. And I was like, why don't I bring other veterans out here? And so that it was kind of by accident, but it's been, um, extremely awesome to watch my company kind of transform in the aspect of, of being a hundred percent veteran employed. Very, very cool. Um, on t- yeah, absolutely. And then on top of that, um, you know, obviously we do, we do slow feed the animals like, um, a majority of Wagyu producers do. And we also 
I believe in a low-stress environment, uh, less cortisol levels ends with the better product as far as the beef. So um, that entails, <clears throat> you know, we try to stay away from the screaming and, and hollering at the animals. And, uh, you know, when we're putting them through the squeeze chute, uh, we try to make it as stress-free as possible. And then it also includes trailering and things like that before harvesting. Now, do you do you guys own your own slaughterhouses and, and packing facilities, or do you guys do you guys work with another another place that is set up to do that easily? Yeah, no, we we work with a USDA uh, processor that's uh, about forty five miles from where we're located, okay. and uh, yeah, they're pretty fantastic. They're they're a niche processor, so they specialize in doing crazy stuff like wagyu. Okay, awesome. I only I only ask because I know some places you know, try to do the whole chain. Some places don't. They, they're like, listen, we're really, really good at raising them and doing this kind of stuff. And, and then, you know, breaking them down, that's somebody else. And that, that's perfectly yeah, no. fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you know your niche, if you know what you're good at, do that, right? <laughs> absolutely, man. And it's a lot of capital to get both those things on its feet. So, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can, I can only imagine. <laughs> yep. So, now with you guys, you guys are kind of you guys are starting to get bigger. You're starting to blow up a little bit more. Um, what were some of the what were what were kind of some of the struggles that you guys had at the beginning? Because obviously you guys went straight to consumer, so it's a little bit more difficult than you getting put into a grocery store or working with a packing house that sells to sells to grocery stores and stuff like that. Because you're you're actually going and getting your own customers, right? Yeah, that that's kind of a funny story, actually. So, um, you know, when I initially started this company, I just assumed, you know, I'm I'm bringing an awesome product to market, and I'm a really good guy, and I, I try to have good business practices and things like that. So I was like, consumers will find me. You know, I didn't really have much of a marketing plan. That didn't go so well for me um, when I was getting started. So uh, we we went hard after restaurants for a while. We kind of got our our butts handed to us just because we're not a big player. So. Um, it's tough to compete on prices in that market, and so we, we say, made the. That's another another hard thing is competing on the price, right? Uh, when you go restaurants, exactly. they're going to all kind of. Um, unfortunately, we want the best price. Exactly. We're not, so <laughs> that that was a that was a really steep learning curve for us, and it was an expensive learning curve, but we we came out on top. And so uh, come come like September, August uh, of 2018, we we really started to push hard um, towards the consumer market. We came up with some new marketing ideas, and, and that's worked well for us. We, we had some pretty good exposure last year, and, and uh, we, we enjoy working with the end consumer versus uh, doing something else. So Versus doing something else and, and, and doing, you know, uh, or, or packing it off to somebody else that's going to, that's going to do it, you know, pack it for you and then, and then give it to somebody else. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. We, we find a majority of people are, are pretty awesome to work with. So, you, you know, what? there's always those couple few that aren't I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's no joke. There's always those few, but uh, the good news is they're the, the bad apples are, are few and far between. So <laughs> now we, we were talking a little bit before the podcast and, and, and you said that people are starting to realize different cuts. Um, what would you say is now becoming a more popular cut that kind of wasn't before? Obviously, your ribeyes, your 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 strips, your tenderloins, those are always pretty three prime cuts that people are very very well versed in and they're very well aware of. Yeah, absolutely. So those three cuts we're having a really hard time keeping in stock. Um, but those, when you're raising yeah. a whole. Yeah, when you're raising a whole animal, you, you, you got to do it proportionally, right? So um, it's probably one of my favorite parts is talking to the consumer and having somebody ask me, you know, what are some of your favorites besides those three, the, the people that want to experiment a little bit. And, uh, you know, the, the Denver steak is one of my absolute new, new favorite cuts. The marbling on that with the, with the American Wagyu is absolutely fantastic. Now, where, um, where does the Denver steak come from? It's from the underblade of the chuck roll. Okay. Um, which is normally a pretty tough cut of meat, but with the Wagyu, there's just so much intramuscular fat, so much marbling in it that, I mean, it just cooks up. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. So it's, it's got such a umami flavor. And then on top of that, it, it, it's, it's got the tenderness of almost like a filet or something like that. So okay. it's really fantastic. Now, does that muscle work quite a bit or is it, is it, is it, it more does. It, it, so it is a working muscle, which is kind of like yep. usually working muscles do tend to, not be quite as tender. <laughs> I know. Or, I know. Or if you don't cook them right, they're away. not quite as tender. 
it was kind of a funny story how we actually cut it the first time when the New York Times wrote up that article about us. They they kind of they compared us to our, uh, one of our competitors, and one of the things they wrote in there is we didn't sell any Denver steaks. And I was like, well, dang it, now we need to sell some Denver steaks. And um, we we had some cut on one of the carcasses I had hanging, and um, it turned out fantastic. And it's been it's been selling out almost as quick as we can get them in. So just going out going out the door quickly. So now we we've talked to a couple different um you know shippers couple different couple different uh people that are shipping beef what goes into your your shipment so if a customer purchases uh, say i purchase tonight i go i go on you know i i go on kccattlecompany.com i purchase what i want tonight how is how is that order fulfilled for the customer like if you can break that down a little bit Sure. So we do any order over $99 is free shipping and that's, that's three days select. Um, if you do your Monday or order Monday through Wednesday, it'll ship that week. Um, so you'll receive it by Friday or Saturday if, if that's available in your area. Um, our shipment includes dry ice and gel packs. We do both, um, to try our hardest to ensure that the product arrives frozen, but you know we we can't guarantee that, especially during the summer months. But we we try really hard to make sure that 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 does that does happen. So I will say that our product did we did we did get some product from them. Uh, it, it it did arrive a hundred percent frozen. It was perfect. I mean, Th- that's what we like to hear, man. It probably <laughs> could have sat for another. I mean, the ice packs were rock hard frozen. So I mean, Good. it probably could have sat for another two days in there, frozen. You know, they they have, they have nice coolers. Um, there, there's no you guys didn't really skimp out on anything. It, it did. It's a very very nice shipment. It's very very clean. Um, it, it. I was actually shocked at how frozen the ice was. <laughs> Good, good, man. That's, I mean, that's you, what we like you, to hear. You know what I mean? Like, usually, like, the ice pack gives a little. Like, there's yeah. that little. Like, there was no give. I mean, this thing was rock solid frozen still. Yeah, so, we have a hard time doing that during the summer, but we, we definitely try to accommodate even more so during those months, so. Exactly. I mean, I would say, I would say you'd probably be fine in, in the summer months, and unfortunately, you are, you are kind of giving yourself to the shipper. Um, once it kind of leaves your hands, it's a little bit difficult. I know yes. that I actually, yes. um, I just ordered, I didn't order, it wasn't me, don't worry guys, but I did order a product and, um, two days into shipping, it was just gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we were look like I had UPS looking for it and they were like, we don't know what happened. Yeah. Like, no, uh, have no idea. <laughs> UPS does take very good care of me, but they're definitely we have definitely had some issues, and unfortunately, being the been. being the yeah being us, we normally end up getting blamed for it. And just keep in mind, guys, you know, once it leaves our hands, we can't do anything about it. So. Oh yeah, no, dude, I totally agree with you. And the, and the funny thing is, it's people that will be like, well, "What do you mean? What do you mean it's gone?" It's like, dude, I I don't know right now. Just give me a second. Like right. one second, like I need, I need, I need, I need to talk to somebody else. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean you don't have all the answers? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, that is very true. And it, it's just a fantastic way of, of love. You know, it is what it is. Yes. Yes. So if, if, if I'm not wrong, if the Instagram says it's correct, which I believe it is, you guys, you, you do a little bit of barbecue. Yeah, you, you know, I, I I stay away from saying I, I'm anything other than an amateur, but I think I feel like I spend enough time with people uh, that actually know what they're talking about when it comes to barbecue um, that, that I have picked up a couple. You can kind of play times. a little bit. Now, yeah, what, what exactly. are you cooking on? Uh, so I do a Weber. I have both the Weber smoker and just the the standard. Um, you're, you're gonna make me sound ignorant because I have no idea what I'm talking about. But it's a uh, it's it takes charcoal. <laughs> so he's got a Weber kettle and he got, he's got a beautiful uh, Weber WSM, um, which is the Weber Smoky Mountain. They they they're just a killer smoker. Um, it really is. Uh, but it, you know it, it it for the prices that you're paying for those, dude. Those things are rock solid amazing investments and when i when i say rock solid amazing investments that wsm i mean it's i mean if you get the biggest one it's like 300 bucks 
and it, it'll last you forever. <laughs> I, it's been fantastic, man. I, I mean, I, I, uh, the, normally the product that ends up with freezer burn or something like that is what I end up cooking. And, and, um, it, it just, it consistently puts out good product. Now, do so. you, do you guys, um, do any dry aging? Are you, you know, are you guys thinking about doing any of that? So everything, everything we sell on the website is, is a minimum 21 days, 18 to 21 days, excuse me. Okay. Um, and, and then we have the option to do that on, uh, any of our loins. Uh, they got a, they just built a brand new, uh, aging facility at a processor. So we can age, you know, until the cows come home. Uh, I guess no that pun intended. wasn't intended, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but we, we have that option. We have done that in the past for, for some restaurants and things like that, um, there's a pretty fantastic restaurant here in Weston that actually got nominated um, best new restaurant of the year in Kansas city. So that's actually the only one that we still sell to in Kansas city. So, and they do a little bit of that. They do a little bit of the dry aging and, and I mean, I personally like a little bit of dry aging on mine. Um, I like the, I like the flavor that it puts out. Not everyone, not everyone likes it. Yeah, I so I've I, I've done I, what's I'm trying to think here. I, I did 90 day dry age steak one time, and mm. that was too much for me. <laughs> I had 120 day dry age. Whew. Oh man, yeah, that's that's some that's some cheesy steak, man. It is, but I was I was into it. <laughs> Good. I was Good. into it. Now, I'm working on making my uh, palate more sophisticated. I don't know if it's that my palate was sophisticated enough for it. It just was so good that I was just like, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, it feels right. Exactly. Like, it was just like, it's yes. You know, yes. Awesome. Awesome. It, it, it was fantastic. And it could have been, we were also celebrating a special occasion, so that could have been, that could have helped a little bit. You know, that yeah. Always helps yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. If you're having some, some, uh, some, uh, cocktails with that, it probably helped as well. I had a couple. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> when in Rome, you know, the cocktail, the cocktail service was not bad <laughs> that day. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you're talking to a customer and they're like, Hey, what are my, what are your favorite cuts? What, besides the Denver state, what else are you, what, what else are you kind of, what else do you recommend? So I, we, we, they sell out the second we put them in stock, but because you only get two per, per animal, right? We're doing whole animals. So yeah. that's tough to keep in stock, but the hanger steak is hands down my, my favorite cut. Dude, hanger steak, I think is so underrated. It's so underrated, man. I They're think absolutely steaks, fantastic. And same thing with skirt steak. Yeah, skirt steak's really good. It is really good. It's so underrated. So many people just are like, well, it's a hanging muscle. Like, no. What? Do I, why would I want that? Like, no, I'm going to go for this one. I'm going to go for that. But it's so good. It's fantastic. You just got to cook it right and you got to cut it right. Those are the two big things. <laughs> I, I think cutting it right is almost more important than perfectly executing the cook. You can kind of mess up the cook just a little bit. Not, not entirely. Don't get me wrong. You can't burn the damn thing and be like, Oh, I cut it right. That's not going to happen. But if you, if you kind of maybe overcook it just a little bit, you know what I mean? Like just a, a tiny bit, you can still, you can still get a really nice juicy bite. If you cut it perfectly. Absolutely. And let it let yep. it rest, let all that, you know, let all that you know, moisture come back, redistribute itself so it's not right right at the edges so when you cut into it it just kind of explodes and goes everywhere. You get you got to let it rest. That is definitely crucial. It's just got so much flavor, man. So now when you started raising raising your wagyu cows, did you start kind of like because obviously you started eating some of the product, started feeling that out. Did you kind of feel spoiled or do you feel spoiled now? You know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm that spoiled. It's pretty, it's besides the ground beef. It's not all that often that I get to eat, enjoy my own product. 
except for when we do a photo shoot or something of that nature. But <laughs> I, I think I think when I was blown away is when I went over to my sister's house and she's got you know five kids, and she cooked up a roast. It wasn't mine, and one of the kids was like, "Wait, this isn't wagyu," and I was like, "Oh man." <laughs> I've created monsters, you know, that when, when a little kid becomes accustomed to Wagyu beef, you've got an issue. You know, um, yeah, you do. You really do. <laughs> uh, I was uh, talking to a buddy of mine, and we were we were talking about it because he's, he's got a little one, I got a little one at home, and we were talking about, you know, all, all the um, – food that we're giving them, right? And I'm like, you know, it's really right. bad when you're, like, giving your kid, like, Wagyu beef and she loves it. I'm like, I'm going to have a problem in, like, a couple years when it's like, no, you can still eat Prime. Like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they're like, no, I, I'd rather just get Wagyu. Yeah. Or, yeah. like, or yeah. if we, like, send them, like, to a friend's house. And they're going to be like, oh, well, that's, that's like prime. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to have that snobby kid that like, <laughs> looks at it and they're like, that's prime. Why would we eat I'm going to have to, yeah, I'm going to have to break out some of the war stories for my son when he's complaining that he's not eating Wagyu beef. Tell him about MREs and some of the things I used to eat. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like we didn't have this when we were growing up. And yeah. yet, like, all of our kids are, are completely spoiled. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch, though. I'll say that. It, You know what? It will be. And I'm just waiting for that uh, phone call from, like, the parent. You know, they're like, you know, <laughs> your, your child didn't want to <laughs> eat the food because it wasn't Wagyu. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Not sure what to do. Oops. <laughs> Messed it up. Give macaroni and cheese. It'll be fine. Yeah. Except she's eating my macaroni and cheese, so it's like, oh, she doesn't want anybody else's. <laughs> I'm just going to spoil her from every, you know, every every direction. Every yeah, direction. Yeah, there you go. Why not? So, you guys do whole briskets. What size are usually your packer briskets? So they're they're a little bit smaller. So a lot of what we do right now is F1s, which essentially means 50% Wagyu, 50% either Angus or Holstein. We, we've kind of played around with both sides of that. Okay. Um, and we, we do we do dabble a little bit in the full bloods, but um, it's just tough because it, the, the, the animals themselves are so much more expensive and then that yields a lot less. So the, the price point is just so much higher. Yeah. Um, and, and with, <clears throat> what we do being a co-dominant trait uh, of Wagyu and the intramuscular fat, we just see the benefit of doing the F1s. And um, so our whole packers, they're still smaller than than uh, what you'd see uh, typically at like a grocery store or something like that. We we normally range from about 10 to 14 pounds. Every once in a while we'll get a, a, you know, a huge, gigantic, great white type brisket that's 21 uh, pounds or something like that, but just let uh, me know. The, the just majority send that over. Just don't even add. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we normally set those aside for our competitive barbecue guys because they. That's what they. Every want. once in a while, we yeah, exactly. We get complaints every once in a while about them being smaller. So. I mean, I I, I like a twelve. I, I like a twelve to fifteen pound brisket. Um, I'd like to be around that fifteen pound, a little bit higher, but I'll, I'll go down to a twelve. Uh, I think if you go any lo- lower for for me and my purposes, I just start yielding. I'm not yielding enough. You know right. what I mean? And it's just it's almost pointless. But that's Absolutely. also that's also going off the uh, commercial side of it in in selling it in. You know, we do pop ups. We also do uh, com- we do caterings and stuff like that. So with that being the commercial side of it, like I need the yield to be at a certain percentage for me to make my bottom line for, <laughs> yeah, for me not no, to be absolutely working makes for free. Sense. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I wish I, 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 it's something we're, we're trying to play around with, see if we can get closer to that 15 pound mark. Uh, we're still working on it right now. We sit between about 13 to 14 pounds, um, which is better than last year. We're sitting at about 10 pounds. So we're making progress, but hey, you're um, learning. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So now when you guys do the short ribs, cause I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the photo online 
Do you guys always cut them, cut them that way, or do you guys ever leave them as full plate ribs? Yeah, so we actually just switched that um, about a month ago. Awesome. We went from yeah, we went from the individual to now all we do is the plate ribs. Is is that now? Do you find that selling a little bit better because that's what people are looking for? It's it's selling better. Uh, it, it, it's it's tough, right? Because um, a lot of a lot of people buy short ribs because they look cool and maybe they've had them at a restaurant or something. But that's a that's a tough tough uh, cut to get right, uh, especially if you're not used to cooking them. Uh, so man, I love you know. Them. Yeah, I do too, man. I just if call they're them cooked right on a stick. They really are, and you just got to let that fat render. That's the biggest thing. If you cook one and, you you know, every once in a while we'll have somebody come back to us and say it was fatty, well, you know, you just got to make sure that fat renders. Um, that's that's when you're going to get that really good flavor to them. So, I can um, honestly say I've never cooked a short rib and had it be fatty. Really? Man. Well, you, you're doing it right then. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe I'm doing it right. I don't know. I've been I, – short ribs are probably one of my favorite cuts to cook. Um, and it's one of my favorite cuts to eat, uh, but it, it is just, they always come like, get them on that cooker. I cook them a little bit hotter, um, at two fifty two seventy five, Uh, and I just let them go for five, five, six hours. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And there then you go. Let them rest for about an hour and slice into them. And they are just, they're just. They're black gold. <laughs> they really are. I mean, they're just yeah. like they're they're they they almost give you like from that point of the brisket where you get your burnt ends. You're a Kansas City boy. You should know these things. Um, you get those beautiful burnt ends that are black gold, but it's like that short rib is marbled so nicely that you should be able to get. Get all get that same consistency, same feel through a short rib, um, and obviously you're not making it like a burnt end since you're not gonna you're not gonna put them back in a sauce and let them let them kind of caramelize and really have them fall apart. But you still get that really juicy bite. It, it, it's not necessarily fatty, but it's it's juicy. It's flavorful because fat is flavor. That's where all the flavor fucking comes from. Um, yep. And it's just I, – I don't know. It's short ribs, dude. They're just one of my favorite things ever to cook. Plus the presentation is fantastic. If you can cook a beautiful short rib and put, put it into presentation, oh, dude, that person will love you forever. Yeah, those big old dinosaur bones, man. They, right? they look really cool. Yep. And if you got a dog, give them one. They'll love you forever too. <laughs> <laughs> Just give just give him one of the uh, just give him one of the bones. Let him let him chew on that for a little bit. It's a cow bone. I promise he's not not gonna break it. Because <laughs> people always freak out. They're always like, "Well, you know, can it, it, you know if if my dog chews on the bone, it's gonna get hurt." Dude, it's a cow bone. It's a cow rib bone. That thing's gonna take a pretty decent amount of abuse. I, and we got a we got a thirteen pound Shia poodle that 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 bone's about the same size as she does, as as she is and oh, she'll, she'll take that thing and she she won't give it back, man. I was gonna so. say she'll she'll pull that thing around. Don't worry about it. She'll oh, yeah. figure it out. <laughs> oh yeah. So man, what's your favorite part about going directly to the consumer? Because I feel like you are you guys are a company that's very very in tune with the consumer. And I feel like you're very, very much on the front lines, which I think is super cool. Um, sometimes when you get into different companies, you're like, oh, you start dealing with other people and you're not you're, they're, you're not getting that person that's really given that love. And I, I, I feel it from you, which is fantastic. What are, what are some of your favorite things about being able to go like directly to the customer? Um, you know, so I appreciate you saying that, Mikey, like one, so there's a couple of things I do in particular, just because I feel like it's so important to, to get that feedback direct as the owner of the company. Sometimes I feel like <clears throat> when there's some middlemen, uh, it, it, that feedback can kind of get skewed, right? So, yeah. um, like whenever you send a Facebook message to Casey Cattle Company, that comes directly to me every once in a while, somebody will, uh, somebody else will respond, but about 95% of the time it's me that's giving you the, the feedback and that that's the same for customer service emails as well. 
And I think that's important because I want to make sure I see both the negative and the positive feedback. You know, every once in a while it gets tough because, uh, you know, sometimes there's just some people you can't make happy, but I I do thoroughly enjoy, um, dealing with the end consumer. And and on top of that, I feel like people really buy into our company because uh, of some of the philanthropic, philanthropic things we do, uh, for the veteran community. I think that's awesome. I think it's very, very cool. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, those are probably some of my more favorite parts. And uh, is that proper English, more favorite parts? No, no. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm from Missouri. It's fine. We're Um, we're not an English podcast. We are an English-speaking podcast. We're not an English grammar podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, so those are some of my favorite parts. I I really enjoy um, dealing with consumers. You know, sometimes it can be a headache, but a vast majority of the time, people are absolutely fantastic to deal with. I I think every once in a while, you know, turning on the news and things like that, you forget that America is still a pretty awesome country, and there's a lot of really awesome people that live here. So Yeah, just don't turn the news on. News exactly horrible for you. Just just run the other way. Yeah. <laughs> the world is not ending. I promise. Uh, no, I mean it might, but not yet. <laughs> you gotta get some. You gotta get some wagyu beef first. Yeah, exactly. Now, what are some? Of, what are some of the stuff that you guys are going to be kind of doing in the in the pro or in the in the future to kind of keep growing? Do you? Where do you kind of see the business going? Yeah, so we're doing some some stuff here locally. Uh, maybe we'll have to get you down for for one of these. But we're going to start doing some farm to table dinners. Oh, that sounds uh, start, fantastic! Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start that up in the spring. Um, we're working on building a, an outdoor space. Uh, if it, if it takes off and it does well, we'll probably end up building a, an actual uh, event space to be able to do these something really cool. And the the spot for it, man, it, it's at we're at one of the highest points in in Platte County in Missouri here, and you can literally see off this bluff and it's through the trees and it's all the way down to the river. And, uh, so I'm pretty excited about the spot we're doing it at and we're bringing in some really cool chefs to be able to cook. The guy I was referencing, uh, at Noah's Cupboard, the, the one that just got nominated for best new restaurant in Kansas city. He's going to be one of the first guys out there cooking in the spring. And, and, uh, I think it's gonna be really cool. Um, starting some ranch tours. That's also something here local, something that, uh, nationally for, for your listeners, we're, we're adding on, um, some pork products and also we're trying to source some chickens um and that's a that's a whole new ball game so now are you guys going to be going heritage breed pork yes uh we're looking at mangalisa pigs so uh, i think it'll be pretty fantastic from what i hear i have not tried it yet that is fantastic that sounds awesome now you kind of you kind of brought up that you're going for you're gonna get maybe some pork some chicken um and we did. We were. We are talking about American Wagyu. Um, what were some of the hardest things that you had to do to kind of get your consumer to understand what American Wagyu was? Like you said, you guys kind of started right at that beginning of the boom, and I think there's still there was a lot of early adapters. Let's put it that way. There was early adapters of people that were like, "Listen, I want Wagyu. I know what Wagyu is. You know, I know what Japanese Wagyu is. I know what A5 is." I know what the certified Kobe is, all this stuff. But what your basic average consumer mm, doesn't know what Wagyu is, or yeah. when they when they think Wagyu, the only thing they think of is super high top dollar. Right. Yeah, so kind of what you're talking about there, uh, within the breed itself, we were having a lot of issues with with uh, just misnomers in the, the consumer community. So people were confused about what the heck is a full blood versus an F1 versus Kobe beef versus purebred. You know, all those things are very confusing. Yep. And, and so we try to be very upfront about the fact that what you're buying on the website are F1s. Um, and People, I think, are happy about that, the price point, though, right? Because we're still significantly priced less than, than what a majority of our competition is. Um, and, and that's part of it is, is just being honest with the consumer. A lot, you know, our, our repeat customer rate is about 75%. So just getting the consumer to pull the trigger that first time and try it. Um, and normally they come back because the product's fantastic. So uh, that, that, was a, that was something I kind of really had to figure out was 
how do I, how do I educate the consumer and transparency within doing that of, you know, these are the genetics I'm selling and, and this is what you can expect from that. I think that's one of the hardest things is, is educating the consumer in, in nowadays. I think it's harder nowadays to educate the consumer than it was 15 to 20 years ago. And anyone that disagrees with me, let me explain why. I think it's harder to educate the consumer now because there's so much information. And so many people just think, okay, I can do a quick Google search and then I'm an expert. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) No, it doesn't, man. And there's a lot of really bad information out there. And so it almost causes more harm than good, especially uh, for what we're talking about with Wagyu. I mean, so. How many people – like how – you, you got to think how much bad shit is on the internet and dude, anybody and their mother can write an article for the internet. They just can. There's no real like let's, let's check out the back source. Let's make sure this is true. No. <laughs> I own a website. I'm putting it on there. Guess what? It's true. And if you're absolutely right, picks it up well enough to start seeing people. Guess what? A lot of people see that article. Yes. And it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> it is. It is terrifying. So where, where, what would you say is your biggest struggle for, con, uh, for consumer education? Um, besides them Googling, <laughs> Yeah, so honestly, one of the, I, th- I feel like one of the trickier parts actually is uh, is probably the generation up from ours and and uh, educating them about uh, shipping beef. <laughs> I feel like that's that's a little confusing for them, right? So they're you know people are so used to going to the grocery store and picking up their beef, and they're like, "Well, are you like this big box company that does that?" and you know, the, this, the stakes might, might not be the best. And, and we're not like that. We're, we're a niche company. We do Wagyu, we stand behind our product and, and, uh, it's, it's really good. So that, that was kind of a big learning curve as well, along with the Wagyu. So, um, trying to get people to, to use us as an everyday product instead of, instead of, uh, just special occasions or presents or thing like things like that, you know, making it, making it a staple in your household. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Now, do you think people people struggle making it a staple because they have to order it? And the reason I say they have to order it, um, we are – I think we are going way, way more internet-based as a society uh, where we are getting used to just, oh, okay, I want something, I order it online. I want this, I order it online type thing. But we're not quite there just yet with food. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, like, I, no, I totally agree with you. There, or at least Absolutely. The not, their mind frame isn't there yet. Well, and it was some of the feedback I was getting the most, even even from friends and family. You know, somebody would be like, ah, I had this event and I was going to order your beef, but then I forget, so I went to the grocery store. And so one of the things we, we did to try to combat that was we, we uh, are, are starting a, a subscription service to – so basically you sign up, you save a small percent on the price of uh, whatever cut you're ordering, and you can sign up for your frequency. So, you know, say you got a family of four and you want, you know, two bone-in arm roasts, a chuck roast, and five pounds of ground beef sent every three weeks. Well, now you can do that on our website. So, Oh, very cool. So so it's going to be yeah. very subscription-based. And how, how customized can they go? Um, so they can pick – we, we, we launched this right before Christmas, which was actually probably really poor planning on, on my part because then we, we ran out of just about everything because it was a really good year for us. But um, so I ended up having to disable it, and it's something we're planning on launching back in February. But basically what, what you'll be able to do is any product on our website minus a couple things like hanger steak and a couple of those things that we just can never keep in stock. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but minus those couple of few items on there, you can basically go choose any ground beef, any type of roast, any type of steak. And you can be like, I want this, this amount, um, shipped every week, every two weeks. And then I, we go up to once every two months. So, very cool. Yeah, for somebody who may, may may not want quite or either either do a bigger order 
every two months or whatever. Exactly. So if you got a little bit of freezer space, you can do that. And one of the things I always hated about subscription service I did was they always had a minimum uh, uh, amount of months, and we, we don't do that. So you can cancel at any time. Okay. Very, very cool. Yeah. I think I think I think that the subscription base is really cool. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be really cool. We, is we anybody else we done... doing that? I don't know. I think you guys might be one of the first doing subscription. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, there there's other companies that do the the meat subscriptions, but you don't get as much say in the product that you get. So, uh, okay. I thought that I thought that was some one of the cool things about what we were doing is is you know we were getting all that feedback about we were forgetting well, you know try to make it as easy as possible for the consumer. And I feel like this is the, the remedy for that. So well, I just think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, and I'm not talking bad about any other companies uh, that do do this, but I feel like sometimes when you get into this uh, subscription-based stuff, you start getting the shit that nobody else wants <laughs> that they need to unload. You You're know what exactly I mean? right. They're like, hey, yes. we have a ton of this shit. Guess what? <laughs> You're getting it. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to well, give it, it to you at a discount. It, it's like, kind of funny. We were, th- we were throwing around ideas and uh, when we were coming up with this idea and we we couldn't tell if it would be funny and if people would do it or if it was just a really poor idea. But we did talk about doing the mystery box of meat and we we're like, eh, you know, I just don't know about that. <laughs> but see, that, that's kind of how it is. I feel sometimes it's like – Here's the mystery box of X, Y, and Z. <laughs> like, I always feel like whenever I talk to some people, they're like, oh, you should totally try our ground beef. And I'm like, why do you want me to try your ground beef? Oh, our ground beef's the best ground beef you'll ever have. Okay. <laughs> well, what are your short ribs like? Oh, those are really, really good too. But our ground beef is just, that's what we, that's really what we're pushing right now. I'm like, so in other words, you got a shit ton of ground beef right now that you are sitting on and you're trying to get that stuff out. I always tell people if I could design an animal that was 100% steaks, I'd be the richest man on the planet. Yeah. So. And it, but yeah, they're, they're not. So unfortunately, no, you do, get, you do get quite a bit of ground beef from your, you know, from the animal. So I yes. feel like a lot of people always try pushing that to me. And I'm like, I don't want your ground beef. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> you guys, but you guys do have, you guys have some beautiful, beautiful product. Uh, and it is, it, the flavor is really, really good. It has yes. really good flavor. And it, 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 I think a lot of it has to do with, um, the way you guys raise it, I do, I strongly believe that if the animal has a better life, it tastes better. Well, there's finally some science to start backing that up, talking about cortisol levels and keeping those things down and the animal actually uh, increases tenderness. So we're finally starting to get some science behind some of these ideas. I mean, it had, it, I mean, okay, I'm not comparing humans to, to, to cows right now, but I'm going to in a little, I'm going to a little bit here. But think about somebody that has a super high stress job, somebody that's going, you know, super angry. They're just really, really stressed all the time and they go and get a massage. That person tends to be way more tense than the person who has more of a little bit relaxed of a, of a lifestyle. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So thus, I mean, the muscle is, the muscles are working a little differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely, man. We, it's crazy because every once in a while you have an animal that you just can't do anything about it, right? Like there's just something in their genetic DNA that they're, they're a little bit more crazy than other animals. And, and, and you can a hundred percent tell the difference in the, the quality of the beef when we get it back. Yeah. Where the, you know what I mean? You're like, well, that one's, that one's fantastic. That one was a little, a little bit off. Yeah, exactly. You know, we normally end up selling those at a steep discount. So, <laughs> you know that animal, a little crazy, a little bit. Yeah. Tense. And it, uh, it, it's it's amazing how, like you said, there's finally science starting to back it up that says like, take care of the animal properly, be nice to the animal, it's gonna taste better. Yeah, absolutely. 
I, they actually just came out of the study two weeks ago. Well, the study's still in progress, but the initial results are, are looking pretty good about um, Wagyu's actually uh, the the lipid makeup for it is actually better as far as heart disease and things like that, too. It, I don't know it if you definitely saw that, is but. because the omega I believe it's omega three or omega six fatty acid. Both, it is, yeah. yeah, it's a little bit higher in it, so it's better yep. for you, which is fantastic because I'm not going to stop eating meat. No, and you, you know I you don't can, care. You can feel a little better about it because it tastes absolutely fantastic. Exactly, it's Dude, better for you. So I don't care what PETA sends me. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> you're not converting this one. You're yeah, just not. Good luck. Yeah, good good luck. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's, sorry. Can't can't do it. So, um how many my question is for how how big is your guys' ranch because I you said you guys are going to be doing ranch tours and you're going to you're going to start doing farm to table which I think is super cool. I don't think you see that quite often in your industry. Now, uh it it's starting to pop up more and more and we actually have a, a really fantastic neighbor um got a super cool business model. They have a sheep milking parlor and so they actually do all types of like European sheep cheeses and they're okay. absolutely fantastic and they're probably they're probably one of the just a handful in the entire country that do it, and they do farm to table dinners, and and they're they're amazing. And so, you know, we we thought why not do that with some of our beef products, and and I think it's going to be really cool. We kind of want to go old school with our marketing for it, as far as like almost like a speakeasies, uh, you know, prohibition type feel. So I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, I think that's altogether. super cool. I think that yes. that is extremely extremely cool. Um, that is right up my alley, dude. That is fantastic. I love that kind of stuff. And I, I think the farm to table it, it's been happening. It's been qu- happening quite a little bit um, it, over the years. I think I think right in the two thousands it started getting a little bit more popular. And then in the last five years, it's, I think it's been become something that's very, very popular in, in bigger cities, um, is, is that farm to table, uh, cuisine, uh, being able to cook what's in, what's actually in season because some people don't quite understand avocados don't grow all year round. (laughs) Um, especially not Missouri. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) Pineapples. Not available all year round. Let me explain something. <laughs> There's snow. <laughs> you know, like people don't get it. Fresh corn on the cob. Yep. Not available in February. Definitely not. No, no. Right? Kind of a weird concept. But it's just those little <laughs> things, like the and even like with with your you know with meat. What people don't understand is. Like when they're buying from you guys, you guys are slaughtering your whole carcass, and then it then it then it is going on. Like you said, to age for eighteen to did you say it was twenty two days or twenty one? It's eighteen to twenty one. Eighteen yep. to twenty one. Okay, my bad. Sorry. Uh, eighteen to twenty one days, and then you know, then you butcher it down, and then you have that product, and then it moves right. Right. Well, it's not like you guys aren't slaughtering every day, correct? No, definitely not. It, you know, you wouldn't be able to keep up. No, well, it was a bit. It was a big. It, it was a good problem, right? Because uh, you know, we were on the Today Show right before Christmas there, and yeah, we blew up, man. I, I mean, it was. I had no idea how many people still watch daytime television until we were on the Today Show, <laughs> and uh, you know. It, it's a problem because you know we 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 had enough carcasses hanging that. I thought it would keep up with demand. We weren't even close. So then we had people, um, they had to wait almost a full month to get their orders. And, you know, some people get cranky about that, but you had to explain to them that, you know, we don't, we don't just go buy this product from somebody down the street. Um, you know, this is, this is something that takes time to, to scale. And so, you know, when, when you place an order on something that's out of stock, it's probably going to take at least a month for us to get it to you. And I, I think that's one of those things where it's like, you can't, um, you can't expect it to, it's not like, 
It's not like, hey, Patrick, can you just run down to the shop and make 15 more cows? Yeah, yeah no exactly. problem. Half of you by Thursday. You know, it, it, it's not something that happens that quickly. Right. Well, and even if, you know, we have a couple um, other ranchers that we work with for when we when we don't have animals that are ready because we're pretty particular about age and weight for bringing them in for harvest. Yep. And, and so we have a couple other ranchers that we work with. But even when we go pick up those animals and take them to the processor, I mean, it's still a three-week lead time from, from when that animal hits, so. Perfect. I mean that 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 that's perfect to hear because that means that you guys really do care to make sure that you're not you're not putting out product that you're not proud of. Exactly. Yeah, we're we're, we're pretty. Uh, I take it personal um, when when somebody says it's not good. I, I definitely want to get to the bottom of why why they think that. So. So Patrick, I want to say thank you for coming on our podcast, hanging out with us, chatting beef and barbecue and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, Normally, I, I like to end the podcast this way, and I think it'll be kind of a cool question to ask you. Um, if you had to go back into your your farming of Wagyu career, right? If you could go from like if you could talk to yourself from from right now to to back when you first started, what are three tips you could give yourself about beef that would help shorten your learning curve? Uh, I would definitely would have taken some type of <clears throat> beef breakdown course. Um, that, that was a steep learning curve for me. I was pretty educated about the husbandry of cattle, but, um, beef was a learning curve for me. So I wish I would have been more educated just about, um, the breakdown of carcasses and things like that. Um, my second one would have been, um, how to prepare that beef because <laughs> that's also been a steep, steep learning curve for me. I, I was really good at raising a fantastic product, but I didn't necessarily always know how to cook it. Um, which is a problem when you're trying to market a product. Yep. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, third, I'd probably, uh, tell myself that whatever I budgeted to do this, um, small business to about triple that amount, and I'd probably be on point. That isn't it. Isn't that funny how that works? Yes, it definitely is. Man, funny I, and stressful. Oh yeah. The same time. Oh dude. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm on board with you. Definitely <laughs> on board. Man, I want to say thank you so much. We had such a great time. If you can do me a favor and tell everyone where they can find you guys on the internet and they can follow your story. Sure. So uh, you can go to kccattlecompany.com um, to, to take a look at our, our story and what we're all about and purchase products. And then also you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all at, at kccattlecompany.com. Man, thank you so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Mikey.